Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Instead of it being the Wednesday word, uh, we as moms are taking over it. Um, It's called the March Madness. I am Katie Falter, and I have five kids, two bonus kids, and my other three. So I have a 23-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 6-year-old. And I'm gathered here with three other moms, so I'll let them introduce themselves. Yeah, sure. I'm Katie, too. Uh, I'm Katie V. She's Katie F. Um, I have two boys, Stevie and Lauren, and... Uh, they're eight and six years old. And I work here at the church also as a music director and as the youth director with Lindsay. I'm Lindsay. I'm the other half of the youth director. I have two children so far uh, with one on the way. I've got a eight-year-old boy, Jameson, and a six-year-old girl, Sawyer. And we are gender unknown for the baby that is due in 36 days. So Woo-hoo. coming in close. Hi, and my name is Faith Dulce. I am the children's ministry director, and I have one child, and she is almost four in April, sorry. All right, and now we're going to pray. If you are listening, feel free to join us. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you so much for this day and for this time together. Um, As moms and just as parents, um, we can relate and we have so many things that we can talk about and um, so much joy and and even sorrow that we can share with each other. Um, But we just pray that you be with us in all walks of parenthood um, and that you be with us during this podcast and with our listeners and everybody who's struggling and everybody who's experiencing these great moments. uh, We just pray that you would be here with us on our walk while we do that. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so now we're going to do mom's moments, if anyone has one to share, which mom's moments are when basically if your kids have done anything super exciting or... Horrible. Yeah, horrible. (laughs) Tragic. (laughs) Or tragic. So... This is fun. This is something that we do um, in our mom's group that we've all been to. Um, and and you you hear a lot of really funny stories and, mm-hmm. and good stuff. Um, I'm going to start with one. I thought this was funny. Um, I, was, uh, I had my kids in the car after school the other day. And uh, Lauren started asking me, he said, Mom, what were those underwear in my backpack? He said, I found these mysterious underwear. And I took them out. And I asked my teacher, what are these underwear doing in my backpack? And my teacher said, well, maybe your mom put them in there if you have an accident. And he's like, if I have an accident. And so I went around and I asked all the kids, who put the underwear in my backpack? So it supposedly became this this big thing. And Stevie's in the back seat right next to him saying, I don't know where those underwear came from. I don't know why those those underwear would be in your backpack. (laughs) And um, so I said, Stevie, whose underwear are, are those? And Stevie said, oh, I put them in his backpack. He thought it was funny, <laughs> a funny joke. So, yeah, it, it, it did end up being funny because Lauren made a big deal about it to the whole entire class that the underwear were in his backpack. So Good old big brother. Yeah, good <laughs> stuff. So I did tell him no more underwears in the backpack like that. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Um, I will give mine. So... Um, my baby has been transverse my entire pregnancy and I went into the doctor last week and she was like, Oh, the baby's moved. And I was like, Oh, wonderful. She's like, yeah, your baby's breech now. And I was like, no, that's Mm -mm. awful. So I came home and I 
was explaining to my kids that what breach means because they totally understood transverse. They're like, yeah, you got a sideways baby. And now I was explaining breach and I said, you know, they're going to try something called an inversion and they're going to try to change the way the baby's facing. And But if that doesn't work, you, you need to be prepared that mom might have to have a C-section. And um, I've always been very open with them so they know the difference in, in the different types of birth. And my six-year-old just got very excited, um, almost like sinisterly excited for the thought of a C-section. And I was like, Sawyer, what's up, man? And she's like, if you have a C-section, you can't carry anything, right? And I was like, yeah, that's right. For the first eight weeks when you're recovering, you can't lift anything heavier than you, than a baby. And she's like, I really hope you have a C-section. I was like, what? Why? Why would you wish that on me? <laughs> and she's like, because if you can't lift the baby, I'll carry it. She goes, don't worry, mom. You can lay on the couch. I'll take care of the baby. So now that's out in the universe. She's like secretly wishing that I have a C-section so she can mother this child. No, she, she's wanted your baby to be her baby she has. from day one. <laughs> she is convinced that I have only decided to have this baby for her and her alone. Um, so she's she's very excited to mother Aww. it uh, 100% on her own. So she is rooting for a C-section. Uh, and I'm like, man, that's not cool. <laughs> mom doesn't want that. Um, luckily, my eight-year-old's like, don't worry, mom. I'll pray for the opposite. I'm like, thank you uh, for that, buddy. So hopefully his prayer counteracts hers. But we'll see what ends up happening. <laughs> well, for me, I think it might be something small. But for me, it was kind of big. We've been teaching Hannah, like she has to pick up after herself. Like when she eats, she needs to pick up after herself. And then we kind of like give her, we, we, when she does that, then we give her something to say, well done, you've done that. So I purposely, myself and Raymond yesterday were having dinner, so we purposely left our plates on the table and just walked away. And she was like super upset and confused, like, why are you leaving your plates there? I mean, like, you told me to clean after myself. Why are you not cleaning after yourselves? You know, so then we, and then she says, okay, so there's no toys for you. You're going to bed now. You know, like that. <laughs> so that Aww. was like, she was like, okay, this is what you do. She went and took a little step, took all plates and put them in the sink and said, next time you need to clean after yourselves. And then she walked away. I was like, okay, I guess it's working. She's getting it. She's oh, getting it. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, for me... My We don't have a kitchen table right now. We sold ours, and I bought a new one. It should be showing up here soon. So we just have a folding table and three chairs. So last night, I sat at our bar area on one of our bar stools while my three kids sat at the folding table. And my youngest was like, oh, you don't have anyone to sit with, Mom. I'll come sit with you. So she came over, and she sat with me and ate dinner with me. So, Aww. yeah. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, so. It's so sweet. It's the small little things. Oh, yeah. They do sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so sweet. So, on this episode, we're going to be talking about how we as parents can help our children have a relationship with God and Jesus. So, one of the questions I have is how do you guys include your children in prayer? We don't necessarily have a routine um, when we pray, uh, but a lot of times um, we'll, we'll try to bless our food, and this kind of helps us to stop and think about what we're eating before we're eating it and thank the Lord and be grateful. Um, so so I'll do it if they don't want to do it. Um, 
I'll spend time sometimes before we eat or, um, you know, if we're going through something or if one of the children is sick. Um, and I always invite them if they want to pray. I give them the option, um, you know, and sometimes they want to, and a lot of times they're not comfortable. So I, I, I'm not good about praying before meals and I wish I was better at it. Um, I feel like being pregnant right now, I'm always eating. So it's, it would be a constant, um, a constant attitude of prayer. Um, and we're also, we're a homeschooling family. So we, we have a very different schedule than, than most. We don't get up at a certain time and have breakfast before school. Um, we kind of wake up whenever we wake up and we're ready to start our day when we do. So a lot of times we're not eating together. A lot of times we're eating it at very different times. But one way I have tried to incorporate prayer to make it into our daily life and just a routine is when they were really, really little, anytime we would see a fire truck or a ambulance or a police, anything with lights and sirens on that were passing us where we had to pull over, um, we would make sure that we would pray for the people who are receiving the care and people who are providing the care. And that way it just became normal that while I was also teaching the traffic laws, like if lights and sirens are on, you have to pull over. While we pull over, that's our time to say a quick prayer for the people who are in need of the services. And we, as they got older and I was able to kind of explain uh, the different services people use emergency services for, we started including the dispatchers because they have to hear the call and they have to remain calm. So we've we've used that as kind of like a daily prayer because at least once a day you pass some type of something where you have to pull over, at least in this town, you do, (laughs) where there's always always opportunity to add prayer. So while we might not be great about consistent before we eat or consistent before bed, there's always opportunity for prayer throughout the day. I think for me, it's, um, I grew up, we grew up in a family whereby you have to actually pray before you eat. But as I grew older, kind of fades, it faded away from me. But my husband is very good at doing that. Before he eats anything, we pray. And my daughter has been gradually watching him all the time, all the time, all the time watching. So every time you want to take a bite in anything, she'll remind you, did you pray? So we have this thing whereby um, before we drop her off, we say a quick little prayer. So before, Raymond will just pray and then she leaves. But now she wants to be the first one to pray. She'll say, thank you, Lord. Like, uh, I'll track, I'll go back a little bit. Last year we were praying for a house. So she had, so she used to say, Lord, please give us a house. Lord, please give us a house. Oh. So now when we got the house, it says, Lord, thank you for the big house. And thank you, thank you for my friends at school. And help me spring to give me treasure box on Thursday so yeah. I don't oh. get into yellow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been something like that. So she, I, I feel like it's it's good to teach them when they're young. And, and, and kids are, are like sponges. They pick up every little thing you say, mm-hmm. any good thing. So we need to be like role models and examples and stuff like that. Whether it's being good or bad, they, they pick it up. For them, they don't know the difference between mm-hmm. if this is good or this is bad. They'll think, okay, if you're doing it, then I guess I can do it also. Yes. Yeah. So for us, we haven't prayed. We just recently started praying before meals because my youngest would be like, Well, she started and she's like, mom, before we eat, can I say a prayer? And then after that, 
at every meal that I eat with my kids or we eat as a family together, I ask them, like, does anyone want to say a prayer? And most of the times it's a fight between my oldest and my youngest on who's going to pray. But my youngest is normally always the one that wants to pray first. And so that's when we do it is at nighttime. So, and then how do you guys include your children in reading the Bible? That's a hard one. (laughs) I can't even figure that one out for myself very well all the time. Yes, absolutely. Um, For um, Julie was talking about earlier how using a children's Bible with lots of illustrations can even be helpful for adults um, just because it makes the stories more simple, more easy to understand. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think just kind of teaching the basics of what the stories are so they know the stories, um, I think, is helpful for them on their faith journey. Um, Whatever it is that they decide, you know, they're going to know what's included in this Bible and what it's about, and they're going to know lots of the stories, and they can use those in their own lives. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I'm going to have to agree. I think it's really hard to, especially when you struggle to open your Bible daily, like I do, um, whether it's just a lack of, of quality time that I've put aside or time management, I think it's hard. But one thing that um, our family does, and I'm excited for this because I think it might help solve some of our issues, is we listen to a, um, it's called a Yodo player. And Katie, I know you guys have one as well. And it it's these little cards that play audiobooks and you buy you they look like a little credit card and you put it in in the player and it plays an audiobook and we listen to it every single night and the kids get to pick back and forth what story we're going to listen to we have a lot of meditations and sometimes when our kids are overwhelmed they're like i just need some time i'm going to go meditate i'm going to go lay down well the yoda cards are coming out with a christian line and they're going to start selling um, Bible stories and like the book of Luke and the book of John, they're starting to come out with those. So we're going to be purchasing those. And I think it would be, I think it'll solve our problem that we already have this time carved out in our night. We It's part of our routine that we listen to an audiobook, And I think kind of supplementing in the Bible stories being read to them um, when it doesn't come from mom, where it's, it doesn't feel like, oh, Mom's pushing this again. It's just, hey, we got a we got a Yoda card. It's brand new. We're super excited about it. Um, hopefully, that will kind of take place of our nightly routine, and they'll start to get more familiar with it as we go on. Because I'll tell you, I've listened to Diary of a Wimpy Kid so many stinking times. I can give you the book word for word. <laughs> so if I start replacing um, the biblical cards in our nightly routine, hopefully our our kids will become more familiar with the stories and be able to really take them to heart and and think about them right before bed and and be able to like absorb them a little bit better. Can I also just say real quick, my kids, uh, most of the stories that are really ingrained in their mind and they remember, mm-hmm. I didn't read to them and yeah. I didn't teach them. And it came from Sunday school. So mm-hmm. Faith, can you tell us a little bit of how you get these stories to our children? I think maybe reading the Bible together. So what we do is um, we teach them a verse. Like once, what, what, you, you just have to, just, just a small little verse every week and try and let them recite or send them with a verse going back home with to say, okay, you need to learn about this. And then we gradually 
teach them to say, okay, this means, because they will ask questions. When you say God loves us, it's like, okay, how does he love us? You know, like they want to know, like, whatever you're teaching us, what does it mean? You know, I get it from my daughter too. When you ask her, when you tell her a word, she says, okay, what does, oh, nowadays she has this thing where there's anything written. Like, what does that mean? What does it do? You know, and that's how the kids do because every week we have different topics. Like we'll have like a rotation every week that like, for example, this, um, this uh, three weeks, we're teaching them about the Good Samaritan. So that's what we, we're teaching them how, that's the whole story about the Good Samaritan, and then we give them the little verses, and then everyone we have, everyone sit around, depending on what age they are, they sit and read the Bible. Everyone reads a verse, and then we try and kind of like deconstruct it and explain it to them what that means. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it actually has helped me too because I'm one of those people who doesn't read the Bible all the time. Where I, I tend to go and read the Bible when there's... You know, like we all, as human beings, we read the Bible when we're we're in times of trouble or in need of something. That's when we go in deep and try and pray. But I feel like it's supposed to be like how we sit down and eat a meal. It's supposed to be the first thing that we should do, you know, like read the Bible and we should teach. I think as they grow older, they will learn. If you teach them now, I mean, like I have a four-year-old, obviously she won't be able to, to read the Bible, but... Uh, videos as well because we do show videos and songs see they actually illustrate that so obviously it actually captures in their mind so when they're reading they'll be like oh wow i did see that so what you're saying actually kind of like makes sense yes yeah my kids at home like we don't sit down and read the bible together and so they don't really ever read the bible like you said katie most of what they've learned and the stories that they've heard is because sunday school so it Uh, We started a family devotion, and that's kind of, it's not like grab your Bible and read from it. Like, it gives you the word and Bible verses and stuff to read, so, but we're enjoying that and loving it. We do it, like, once every Sunday, so, yeah. I think that's really wonderful. That is. And then if I just mentioned, like, we have have started uh, teaching them the Lord's Prayer, so last week, uh, because there was a lot of things happening, uh, one of the kids was like, Miss Faith, we didn't do the Lord's Prayer today. You know, like, it's Aww. like they're looking forward to it. Like, okay, we, we we do it, like, gradually. And then they're like, I think some would have went home and did it. Like, okay, this week I'm just going to. And then if you forget, they'll be like, you say it. And if you mention something to, something to them, make sure you own up to it. Because they will <laughs> remind you. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that you do that because I grew up a Lutheran and before I could take communion, we had to know the Lord's Prayer, what the outer circle means, what the inner circle means. And my kids, when we go into service, we do communion, but I'm like, you guys should know the Lord's Prayer and what all this means. So I love that you guys are teaching them the Lord's Prayer in Sunday school because that's a goal of mine is for my kids to know that. So how do you guys include your children in the church community? I think, yeah, that was a great lead into that because, you know, obviously a lot of what they learn from the Bible is going to come from church and they're in Sunday school learning about these things as well as, you know, hopefully a little bit at home too. Um, I think with my kids, and we kind of talked about this a little bit on our last March podcast, um, so I'm just going to hit on it a little bit. Um, Involving them in in the church community is – 
so many aspects of their faith because they're learning in Sunday school and they're also experiencing um, a church family, which it means a lot. Um, and because they're they're in that tight-knit group, um, I feel like they're experiencing God through the people around them. Um, and And that's just a beautiful thing to me to see. For us, they're involved in, like, the Christmas pageant to VBS. They go to Camp Potosi, which is part of the church. They're here almost every Sunday because my husband's schedule changes once every four months. So depending on his schedule, sometimes they have to come with me and be here for all three services. So, and I am the type of person who is almost involved in everything that happens in the church. So I feel like my kids kind of just tag along to some of the things if they can't attend it. So one of the big joys of having um, the kids in the church is the multi-generational aspect of it because our church is so diverse. We have such a large age range from infants to even great-grandparents here and everyone in between. And when I bring my kids, they are getting to know and interact with all sorts of people in different walks of life and in different walks of faith, which I really love because they enjoy going to Sunday school and they enjoy coming to the pantry, but they're enjoying making the genuine connections with other people. So if I'm leaving, for example, if I'm leaving to come volunteer in the pantry, um, my oldest will say, tell Miss Dorothy I said hello. Because they're they're remembering the people's names and they're getting to know their story and they're getting to be excited to walk along with them, whether they're volunteering with them or they're going into the classrooms. And when my kids come to Sunday school, it's during the 11 o'clock hour where they're not split into um, classrooms. They're kindergarten through fifth grade is together. So they get to see the little ones and the older ones because my kids are right there in the middle um, and they get to really enjoy my minor first and third grade. So they get to really enjoy being the older kid in the class or being the younger kid in the class. And they have their people that when we're standing in line for communion, they're looking out into the crowd because they're going to wave to the familiar faces that they see. And just having my kids being surrounded by the community and surrounded by the people, they're going to see them in the services, they're going to see them when they're participating in VBS because these are the people that are volunteering. These are the people that are the camp counselors up at Potosi. They're the people that are um, doing setup and cleanup for the Valentine's Day dance and for the church potluck during Thanksgiving. So being able to expose our children to the multi-generational, I think, is really special. And it kind of builds a familiarity with being this is our second home, like Katie had said earlier um, in our podcast last uh, last week, that this really does become a second home for our kids, especially being staff kids, that they are here all the time. So having people that they look forward to seeing and building those relationships, I think is really special and it's really neat to include them in the church community that way. Yeah, I, 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 I do agree. And I think you've all said that being um, our church is diverse and I love our church because we have so many things that we can do for the kids and even the events mm -hmm. like uh, the Christmas pageant, VBS, and like the Easter extravaganza. Like there's a lot of things that we actually do um, teach them and with that it makes them 
we only don't just teach them that, but we also teach them how to do chores and just to love one another. And it's 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 an excitement because what we normally do, like in Sunday school, is like we kind of tell them, oh, next week we're doing such and such. So they're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So we always tell them, okay, this week we'll be doing this. And they always like to kind of like, and I've noticed a lot of kids have, um, they like to, before everyone will just do their own thing, but we've learned them that sharing is good. Helping others is good. So when one is finished, they just don't want to go back and just color, but they'll go to the next person and try and help. Just, okay, we need to finish because if we don't finish next week, we won't go to the next one. So they work as a team, which I've seen most of them are kind of like, gradually doing that and it's for me I think I'm getting too attached to them now because now they move up when yes. they move up you're like oh come back because they they kind of like set a tone the big ones set a tone to the small ones and sometimes we have like one big class mm-hmm. and the, the way they just interact you know you can never tell the difference you just feel like they're just brothers and sisters just like all working together and I love to see that it's actually good um, Matthew eighteen twenty. it says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. And I think that when we're gathered together, if we're here to serve or we're here to worship together or we're here to learn, um, you know, when we're here as, as Christian followers, um, to do that together, God is here. And I think that the children, um, catch on to that and it helps them to grow in return. Absolutely. How is it similar or different raising your children than how you were raised in the church? Oh, I love that. For me, um, I always felt very comfortable in church. And um, I've been with Desert Spring for so long and and have had the community support me in so many ways. Um, And and that's really important, and I love the people here. I will also say that... um, I've I've moved to different states and and then also come back to Desert Spring, but even at other churches, I felt home. It, it didn't matter the particular church; it felt comfortable. It felt good, you know. It felt like these are my people, um, and so as I raise my children, I want them to feel that same way when they come into a church. I want that to be their place where they feel like they belong. I feel like my kids are being raised very similarly to how I was raised in the church because growing up, like, we would go every Sunday. My dad sometimes wouldn't come. My husband doesn't sometimes come just because his work schedule doesn't allow for him to come. He doesn't have a normal Saturday, Sunday off. And my mom was a Sunday school teacher. I'm a Sunday school teacher. So sometimes it's more like, oh, we're not attending the actual service. We were involved in the Christmas pageant. My kids are involved in the Christmas pageant. I didn't grow up with my parents sitting down and reading the Bible to us or us having the Bible time as a family. We don't do that in my household either, although I'm trying to. We don't do it. They didn't pray over our food. My parents did pray every night before they put us to bed. So it'd be sometimes like my mom went off with my brothers and prayed with them. My dad came and prayed with me and then they switch. And we're trying to, we don't pray with my kids at night, but we do do it at dinner time. So I see the similarities of how my, how I was raised and how my kids were raised in the church. 
I was raised in a very strict home when it came to Sundays. Like my mom would say, um, if you live under my roof, you're going to church. I'm going to lock my doors and we're all going. You know, that's how we were raised. Like mm -hmm. she would like kind of instill. And then whereas I was growing, I was like, I'm never going to do that. When I grow up, I'm going to do my own thing. But, you know, like it's like it's the values that I instilled in you when you grow up. There's some things that you'll be like, OK, no, I'm not going to do that. But I think, God, there's a voice that be like, no. You have to keep doing it. And I never stopped. Every Sunday I'd go to church. And one thing that I was kind of more worried about was my daughter. But every time we would come with her church when she was young, when we were about to leave, she'll cry. She didn't want to leave. So it actually made it more easier for mm -hmm. us that, like, look, she likes to come to church. And every Sunday we, and she even know, knows, knows the roads. Like, we're okay, we're close to church. Oh, like, we're like two minutes away. It's like, oh, I see the church there. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, Yeah. I've I've been at this church since I was eight years old, and I only went to one other church beforehand, which was also a Methodist church. So this, I really have grown up here in this church. I was baptized here. Both of my children have been baptized here. My husband proposed uh, on Easter morning in front of the cross here at church. We were married here uh, in the church, in the sanctuary. So this has really just been such a huge part of my life. Um, and I've tried to make that similar with my children, that they have always felt comfortable here. This has been their home, and I've, I feel like this is my home, so I've wanted to create that space that they feel like this is their home as well. And like I talked about a little bit in the podcast last week, that I don't ever – I don't make them come. I, I, ask, I wait for them to ask to come uh, just so there's – there's just no pressure, especially because my husband and I have different, um, we have different journeys that we're on. My husband's agnostic and I am not. And I just didn't want to ever put so much pressure that they felt like they had to be here. And in doing so, they, they're excited to come because they're, they're not here seven days a week. Sometimes, sometimes I am here seven days a week doing different things and I don't want them to feel that burnout. And I think, in doing so, when we do come, they're they're very excited. But I want them to be able to celebrate their big moments here. I want them, even if they don't come every single Sunday, which I would love for that to happen. But even if that doesn't happen, it makes it special that they are going to have the memories of Christmas being here, of their baptisms being here. We're going to baptize the new baby here, and they're going to be able to witness that. And they're old enough to remember that now, so they're gonna they're gonna see the church family um, be involved in the baptism. And I believe Katie mentioned it in the week before how the church agrees to to love and and to um, support the, the child or whoever it is that's being baptized, whether it's a child or an adult. And my kids are going to get to witness that firsthand because they already live it. They already see how this community comes together and how there is support and love every time you walk in the doors and they're going to get to witness the church promise that to this new baby and just making that a part of their life. The big moments is something that's really special to me. So I'm excited to continue that here with them. Yeah. I would say, um, whether it's with my personal children or our youth teens, mm -hmm. 
It's like I could say anything to you. I could try to tell you all about the wisdom I've learned, you know, and all about the things I know about God. Um, and you might not remember any of that. But if you remember how you felt when yes. you came here, yes. then you're going to come back. Absolutely. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, I also have another question for you guys. So um, apart from church, um, just... Um, you know, spiritual practices within your home, how have those changed within the ways you were raised and how you raise your children? So one thing that's different is like, I grew up in a small town and then we moved here to Vegas when I was a freshman in high school and there wasn't the Christian radio stations, at least not that I'm aware of back in the day when I was growing up. And so in my car, we listen to SOS radio or K-Love, even when my kids aren't with me. I still listen to those stations, and I love it. There's been, like, one time where my youngest is like, Mom, can we please listen to a different radio station? I'm like, I have <laughs> radio station to listen to. So, and my dad was a big um, cowboy fan. So I'm like, let me find a country station. I'm like, this, this just isn't my jam. Around Christmas time, <laughs> the rule was this year – was, okay, we can listen to other radio stations that play Christmas music, but on Saturdays and Sundays, especially Sundays because it's church, we're listening to church music. And they're like, okay, fine, Mom, will listen to church music on Sundays. So that's one thing we do differently. Aww. I, I think for me, like I had said earlier, it's it's because I um, grew up in a very strict home whereby you obviously had to go every to church on Sunday. But that just got instilled in me here. So... Like like you, Katie, we listen to SOS and K-Love in the car, in the house. That's all that we just, if you get into the house or in the car, that's the music that we listen to. And I've noticed that even my daughter, although she doesn't know the words, she will, where there's a chorus where she thinks she knows her voice just goes way up there. Like, okay, I'm going to sing to it. So... <laughs> See, with that, my kids, they, like, know certain songs, so mm -hmm. they'll sing along. There's, yeah. like, two or three songs that they know, and then when they hear it come on, they're, like, singing as loud as they can. And yeah. there's times where if they hear a song they love, they're like, Mom, turn up the, the music. Yeah. So we're, like, jamming out with our music super loud, and our car is probably the one in the like, at the stop, like, going, <laughs> yeah, like, you I know love what? it. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody hear it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know if there's really anything that different. I feel like looking back at my childhood and how I was raised and how I am now, um, other than the fact that I'm chaos and my parents have always just been very neat and organized and they have always had it together in every aspect at all times. And I could not be more opposite of that. Um, I've kind of warped into my parents. I really have. My mom was always very involved in uh, church, church organizations and church activities. And I have kind of come and have done the same thing. My mom was the one that brought me to church and brought me to Sunday school. Um, I'm the one that brings uh, our children to church and to Sunday school. Growing up, up until I was in youth group, uh, my dad stayed home on Sundays. Every Sunday was yard work day. So we would go, we would get ready. And as we're backing out of the driveway, my dad starts up the lawnmower. And that was like perfect timing every Sunday. And he just wasn't uh, one that came to church. He, he grew up in a different religion and he had left as a, an older teenager. So he just wasn't um, a super religious man. 
And then when Katie and I got into youth group, uh, we were about to go on our very first mission and we needed a male chaperone. And I was like, my dad never takes time off work. I'm sure he has vacation days. <laughs> and without without even consulting them at all, <laughs> I, I was like, my dad would be perfect for this. Uh, I was like, he loves driving and he's 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 great for this. My dad is not great for this. <laughs> but the youth director called my parents and I was just as shocked as anybody else when my dad said yes. And he's like, sure, I'll go on the mission trip. I'll, I'll do it. And my dad was the male chaperone and he drove one of the cars and he came on the mission trip and it was my dad and the youth director and the associate pastor at the time that were the three adults that took us down to Phoenix, Arizona. And my dad in that week that we were down there really got to know the youth director and really got to know the associate pastor. And he had built this relationship with them and he started coming every Sunday. And then he became the guy that cleaned up the coffee. And then he became one of the greeters. And then if my mom and I were sick, he was still coming. So in doing that, he he kind of stepped into being the, the parent that was at church with me as well. And I've just warped into like a combination of both of them because now I'm the one that's here and have my hands in different pots of things that are going on in the church. So I hope from seeing... So I hope my children see the way that I am involved and the way that my parents have been, that they will want to do it and it won't feel forced. It will just feel very natural that maybe they don't come seven days a week and maybe they don't have their hands in all these different pots, but if they can just find one thing that feels like home to them. And like Katie had just said, it's not, it's not memorizing the Bible word for word to where you can regurgitate it like a dictionary. It's not saying, well, on this page of the Bible, this is exactly what happens. Or in the book of John, I know exactly what happens. And it also happens in Matthew, Mark. I I don't necessarily thrive for that in my children, but it's the feeling of, I am safe here. I am comfortable here and I am loved here. And if they can just grow up with those three feelings that when they walk onto the church property, they feel home. Then I think at the end of the day, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I've said this before, and I think a lot of our parenting style is built on what we liked and didn't like about how our parents Absolutely. raised us. Yes. So it's interesting to see you guys all say, you were raised up this way, and you decided to also walk that same path. Mm-hmm. I will say, you know, similarly, I was raised in the church and my children are also raised in the church. Uh, The only thing I can say is I do remember when I was young, if I, if my mom even thought I was lying or doing something sneaky, she would say, God knows if you're lying in a very scary way that actually (laughs) kind of traumatized me a little bit (laughs) to the point where even today I cannot be dishonest like I really have a problem with like sometimes overly being honest because I immediately get like 
fearful if if I'm going to say something that's not like completely true or something. Um, so I don't do that with my children. <laughs> I have chosen not to not to take that same route. <laughs> okay, I have, to, I have to comment on this because I I love that and I have to comment on this because you like Faith had said earlier that no matter what you say the children are listening and they learn and I was not in my best moment and we were here at the church and I was, and I know, I think Katie knows what I'm about to say. I was feeling so frustrated and I was overwhelmed and I was tired and my kids were just on like this sugar high and they had turned into little goblins. And without even thinking, I looked down at them and I was like, if it was legal for me to leave you here, I'd leave you here. And my youngest was like, we would be alone. And I was like, you'd have Jesus. And now, and I said it one time, maybe three years ago, like this is, I think it was like, we were coming out of COVID. Like this was a long time ago and they still bring it up. They will still like, remember when you threatened to leave us with Jesus? <laughs> and so now I've turned it into, I'm like, well, first of all, Jesus is always with you. So um, really I wasn't, you know, but it's funny that it was just this one time that I said it and I was just like, you can stay here with Jesus. And they bring it up all the time, all the time. And it, it, I won't even be frustrated. We'll just be driving in the car, like on our way to soccer, doing the whole soccer mom thing. And my six-year-old would be like, remember when you threatened to leave us with Jesus? And I'm like, yep, wasn't my best moment, but thank you for bringing that back up. So at least they know that um, I'm not going to just leave them alone. At least they know that that Jesus is going to be with them no matter what. So maybe a little threat in there. <laughs> Anyone want to add anything before we close up? I don't know. I feel like uh, with our kids, um, with the youth that we work with, um, it's it's ultimately their choice if they're going to um, continue on, you know, this path with, uh, with Jesus and on with their faith um, in God. And I think that all that we can do is kind of... Um, be an example of what Jesus has done for us and um, show them how we do things and how it affects us um, and then kind of just trust God to take over from there. Yes. And I think on the children's uh, ministry side, I think just praying for them and teaching them how to pray and just just the basic stuff, just like you don't have to be so strict on them just this, if you do like baby steps with them or just like how we're doing the lord's prayer and like asking them so sometimes we have this like an open conversation with them which sometimes we'll be like okay maybe we should because they'll be like because everyone wants to share they i love that about them they're not shy to say okay what happened this week did you help somebody and everyone will want to put their hands up and say oh I did this we're like oh that's good they're like oh is that good okay so I'll do it again you know like it's just like okay if I do good then at least I'll have something to share next week so it's always it's always we we have a good time with them and it is like last week um when it rained was it last Sunday when yes. it started raining I was panicking because I didn't see any kids. So I went and stood by the door. I was like, oh, Lord. So every time the church, the kids were coming in, I was like, oh, praise God, praise Jesus. And Pastor West was laughing. I was like, you have no idea. I need them all to come in today. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we really have a good time. 
I think just being an example too, like making, well, we all have kind of said this, but making sure your kids see you go to church, listening to the music. One thing I've started doing is a daily devotional and that's like five minutes and I wake up at five o'clock in the morning, but by the time I get to my daily devotional, it's like around 630 in the morning when my kids wake up. So sometimes they come down and they've now learned that they got to be quiet if they see me with my Bible because I'm like, I'm trying to concentrate on this. Can you guys just give me a minute before you ask me all your morning questions? But I think being an example will also help make sure that they continue to have a relationship with God and hopefully it will help them choose to stay in church and be in church. So... I think that the waking up at five o'clock in the morning is a good because this is the third time I've had it. I guess it's confirmation for me because I've had other moms say like that's the best time to actually kind of like wake up and just spend time with God mm-hmm. before yes. before everybody wakes up because they're still sleeping. So that's the time that you actually kind of like spend your little time with God, drink your coffee and just like meditate. Mm-hmm. So thank you for saying that because I think it's confirmation and I I think I need to to obey that. Yes. <laughs> I do it too and it's yeah. a game changer yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, just on how my day goes, yeah. like short term, like you can see it in effect immediately. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do set aside time to pray in the car. Uh, usually the prayer is something like, please let the lights be green because I left the house late and I'm already running late. That's usually what it is. But I did get a few moments with Jesus in the car. Uh, it might not be a set devotion, but normally it is consistent about me running late uh, or being forgetful about something that I committed to and forgot about. So I do sneak in those moments with Jesus. Mine mine just look a little bit different than peace and calm at 5 a.m. with coffee. So a little off topic is that's my favorite time to be with God is a lot of the times on my way to work. So I live like 30 minutes away is just being in the car by myself. And that's when I do most of my prayers too. It's just praying to God when I'm in my car by myself. So that sounds like a good topic for our next podcast. Absolutely. For the next episode. Yeah. Okay, so would anyone like to pray us out? Sure. Um, Does anybody else want to? I think it's all you, Katie. All right, it's all me. Thank you. (laughs) Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time that we can have together. Um, I'm just going to say a special prayer for all of the parents, guardians, you know, step parents, um, half parents, foster parents, grandparents, um, uncles and aunts, anybody who's, you know, guiding little ones um, or even older children. I just pray that you would help guide them in all of their um, many parenting styles and diversity. Lord, we just we just pray that you would be there with them, helping them, giving them peace and being present in their lives. Uh, we also pay, pray for all of the children as they're um, finding their way to you, Lord, uh, that you would just be a bright light um, and just help them along their path. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.